back to episode 124 of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. I am here with Anthony and Grizz, the Kerry and David Von Erich to my Fritz Von Erich. What's up, guys? <laughs> Who's got one foot? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, who, who wants to be Kerry? I'll do it. Dude, isn't it crazy that like people didn't know that? That was a secret. Imagine did, hiding that you he, that you didn't have a foot. Didn't you just like you're on the football team? I don't have a foot, and you don't have a foot, but you. He's hit doing a pretty everybody. good job, but right now he's dead. Oh, oh shit! He's doing a pretty good job. He just doesn't have a foot. I know he's dead. He's doing a pretty good job, but he's like dead. You know, <laughs> when he got re-signed to WWF, yeah, uh, when he was like you know the Texas tornado, Texas tornado. or shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, dude, if you, I had no idea when I was a kid that motherfucker was missing a foot. I didn't realize, or I didn't learn until recently. That was the end of the road for him, man. That tell, was not good. I had to tell my uncle that the Texas tornado was not the ultimate warrior. He's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, they were in not- matches together. Come on. Oh, yeah. my God. Dude, you know, those WCCW days, some dark shit. If you guys, even if you're not into wrestling. Yes. Go look up that stuff. There's a bunch of documentaries. Um, look up like uh, you know the tragedy of the Von Erich well, family watch Dark, or whatever. Dark Side of the Ring is the, probably the best wrestling bi- bi- biography show that's do a great ever job. been made. And it's po- and also by the way, high one of the highest top three highest shows on Vice. And this season coming up, the stuff they have yeah. blocked. Also, they just canceled the China episode. Wow. Yeah, it's gonna apparently already. It's like super. All the re- interviews are like super. Ra- like it's like candid. Like we're, super we're like we're like seeing like that being canned. People are like, oh, this is gonna be the rarest. Ep- they're gonna like release it like five years from now. Like God they damn, I want to see it now. They're gonna have to see, wait. Till, right, look at him. He's like, oh god damn. But the Owen Hart one was the biggest vice ra- rating in five years. I'm surprised that his wife did it because you heard like everybody like like how she didn't want anything to do with the business and all that. Well, but I guess she just wanted to say what actually happened. She, she wanted to shit on wants, WWF also. Yeah, right, rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why she did it because she wanted to do it not supporting uh, them and they had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I think maybe her concern was that if she didn't do it, that the the point of view would all be from people in the industry, yeah. and she was like, yeah. "Nah, like that's not how it went down." But if it's funny. When they did the Benoit one, um, his Benoit. son, I, it, when um, his son, that's the one that's still alive. He did a bunch of other podcasts, and he just came off a little awkward. But um, and then when he did that Dark Side of the Ring one, it was his delivery was done so well, and the questions were so good, and it was such an emotional, like it was such an emotional episode. And I'm like, man, they are fucking doing great. But they've done Von Erichs. They've done everything. Yeah, they've done yeah. Road Warriors. You got to watch. That's the show to watch. Awesome. It's $3 to buy them on YouTube and have fun. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And if you don't like wrestling, they're still pretty you interesting. Oh, yeah. I would say so. And unfortunately for you guys, we talk about that shit on the, uh, on the show. <laughs> if you don't like it, you could go with the other shows or you could come with us. <laughs> Is my Rick Rude fucking uh, thing of the night? There it is. <laughs> where, where, where's your Where's your sprayed uh, uh, um, my, tights? Oh man, yeah, it's gonna have fucking Grizz's dog's face on him. All right, Grizz, why don't you uh, Why don't you take us back, man? 
All right, you scumbags, grab your Motorhead Iron Fist CDs because we're dialing it back to 1982. Mike, set the scene. Speaking of scumbags, <laughs> uh, actually, a, maybe three weeks before this week's movie came into theaters, it was actually Fritz Von Erich's retirement show. There we go. There we go. Connect, connecting it all together right now. But something that I, I hold near and dear to my heart in August of 1982, the Commodore 64 released. Baby, I grew up with one of those. You learn the, the you know, code and basic. Pretty fun time, man. I used to go through fucking printer paper like it was nothing. Really? My parents. I, that's yeah, one my thing parents, I did not have. I got it from my uncle. He gave us two of them, actually, I think. And, you know, my parents set it up in my sister's room, and I used to sit there fucking bleeping and blooping on that thing. <laughs> bleeping and blooping. <laughs> Clicking and clacking. <laughs> uh, if you're interested in, like, 80s computers and you want to, like, kind of... You get to know how to like do things and how shit works. The Commodore 64 is a great like place to start. Like basic, it's super I was more easy of an to Oscorp learn. Guy. Like it's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you know what that is? Does that what it was? Oscorp. <laughs> you talking about Oscorp? Like Oscorp? Not well. No, it's it's uh, it's it's the first laptop. I think it's called an Oscorp. Oh, uh, 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 not Oscorp. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's close. It's close. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty easy to learn basic. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff you can do. Anything with a floppy disk, it's fun, right? Come on, come it's on. Pretty no, wild. You're to gonna call me. There's, there's like a potential. That there is a listener listening to us right now who has no fucking clue what a floppy disk is. Yeah, yeah. They're these Googling aren't like, that right now. Well, these weren't even like the ones that, you know, we really yeah. grew up with. These are like the legit, like, floppy disk. I had a game. I had a, I had a game on, <laughs> had a game on floppy disk. I had a game on floppy disk. I'm having a hard time remembering it, but it was basically the ending of the game was where you would like walk into an ice cave. And then you had a you had a you had a answer a question to shoot the wizard down before he froze you. But before I did it, my mom asked me to take out the garbage, and I kept on getting frozen. <laughs> and then I went to a theme park, and I wish I was big. And the next day I was Tom Hanks. We went there. <laughs> we went there. <laughs> there you go. You're like, this is the house. This is the house. <laughs> Where else did we go? We went, oh, we went, Leonard Leonardsville. Letters, we went everywhere. We yeah, went. yeah. You ever, that that you was ever, a big reference, everybody. I forgot the name of the wizard game. You ever it's hear like, of Leonardsville, New Jersey, Chris? That's uh, one place I am not familiar with. Anthony, why don't you explain Leonardsville? Where we wait? Where we went to the big house? Jay and Silent Bob. Oh yeah. Oh, no, oh you mean okay. um, Leonardo? Clerks. Oh yeah. Leonardo. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, Leonardo. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, it's um. It's the where the quick stop is, and it's like in the middle of like a residential area. It's obviously being still standing because of what it is. So you still have like the empty. Uh, looks the same. Looks the same. You still have the empty video store next door. I think the video store is opening. Is, oh, is it opening? Yeah, I don't know. I think well, it currently the video is store. open, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's pretty it, crazy. And the, the store is the same, but that, it's obviously that's the only reason why it's still standing is. It's literally across. You were there. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, in the movie, what you see. Uh, cheese fries in there. Yeah, across the street <laughs> oh, is. Across so the street right is now. like literally any like <laughs> apartment complex you would drive past. Like it's yeah. like, and it's it's in the middle of all of them. Yeah. 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 And the also, the town there is is very cool too. There's yeah. like an arcade. Oh, I took you. No, you're talking about Red um, Red, Red Bank. Red, Red Bank. Bank. Red Bank. Red Bank is Red sick. Bank, New Jersey is great. 
Yeah, dude, it's sick arcade there. And what was that taco place? Oh, Surf Taco. Surf Taco. And oh, and then next door is the the secret the, stash. Secret stash. But I had to meet my cousin at Red Bank last October. I came two hours early just to go to the arcade. There it is. And it's he's like, it. "Where are you?" I came out. With, what do you pay by the hour? Right. That eight was bucks it? an hour. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. Oh, they have the Terminator fucking pinball machine. Right? Adam's cool, family. Yeah. Sick. Sick. And Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, which is much Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and Bram Stoker's Pinball, which are both better than both those movies. True. True. I actually kind of like Bram Stoker's Dracula. I actually do too. Yeah. I actually do too. That Mary, werewolf scene, man. <laughs> that that movie's way better. Way better than sucker. way better than Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. You 10 guys out of 10 agree. Fucking Bam Smoker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, got, you guys got that reverence? <laughs> <laughs> now, here's something that's pretty important with, uh, you know, something that happened well, came out. And it relates to this week's movie because it came out about a week and a half before, two weeks before. E.T. was released uh, June 11th, 1982. Blockbuster movie, right? Huge hype, huge studio film, fucking crazy. There's a ride at Universal Studios eventually. First VHS I've ever got as a gift was E.T. Yeah, there you go. See? Anthony, you you are connected to E.T., right? I I remember when I broke my arm and I was in the hospital, put me up for surgery. I woke up like Elliot. Yeah, freaking out. Yeah, what the fuck happened? <laughs> what happened? Where's ET? Where's no, he? where's Tippy? Where's Tippy? He wasn't alive. Yet. Yeah, man, that movie. You didn't movie. have Tippy at that point. No, I was I, not. In 1992, I broke my arm. I didn't get Tippy till I was seven. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P. I think it's, it's, anybody yeah. <laughs> that's like in the age group from 40 to like our age has a, a, a weird connection to ET because it, it was just yeah. such a big part of our childhood. Even though it came out in '82. We've all talked about, you know, we're late 80s, but still, I, dude, E.T. was such a huge part of growing up for me. Yeah. Glowing finger, right? Oh, uh, dude, get the fucking with Reese's Pieces was my favorite <laughs> candy as a kid because of that stupid yeah. movie. The it's what? Same. The Reese's, Reese's Pieces, Pieces, dude. Where the fuck are you from that you're saying it like that? It's a Dane Cook thing. What's that, Erie Dane County shit? <laughs> Reese's Pieces. What am I Reese's Pieces, bro. Reese's Pieces is <laughs> Dane Cook. That's what, that's what he did. That's the Dane Cook. But no, but we. I think we talked. I think it's funny. Whenever we talk about the 80s, weird, the I feel like we always circle back to E.T. I feel like E.T. always gets circled back. Chris is dying over there. Yeah, it's like, am I saying it weird? <laughs> no, no. no. Reese's, some some me, people say Reese's Pieces. Reese's, Reese's Pieces. That's like how some people say it. But here, where we are, <laughs> Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. And then Dan Cook popularized Reese's Pieces yeah. as a social media joke. Yeah. A, yeah. Well, not social media joke, but a comment. But, um, Remember him? That fucking asshole. When the fuck was that dude relevant? <laughs> no. Yeah. He, 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 hey, he uh, looks like Marge Simpson now. Have you ever yeah, seen what he looks, looks like? Rough. <laughs> hey, he, he was he, he was a guy that brought comedy back to the arenas. That was he, true. He, shout but, uh, out Dane Cook, whoever the fuck shout you out are. Cook. Don't fuck yourself, Dane Cook. But I feel like we always circle. I feel like we always circle back to ET. I feel like ET is like that one of those movies that always gets referenced stuff because it's it's a kids movie but not it's so <laughs> et to me is such a ridiculous movie like the whole it's dark man like if you fucking found Shut this up, penis alien, breath. that's yeah. a real line in that movie if you found this <laughs> alien you would have a fucking nervous breakdown as a kid oh. 
You would, you can't even deal with seeing like a fucking spider in your house at that age. Never mind like this fucking, fucking alien DT. creature with a glow. He's big ass glowing fingers coming at you. It's, isn't Ugh, it so funny bulbous that his head? When, when they put out, the, I think it's like my old fucking <laughs> landlord. <laughs> I'm trying to think when they put out the what would it be the 30th anniversary in '82? Would it be 30 years in 2012? Would have been 30th anniversary, right? Yeah. So when that came out, that's when they did the the computerized ET one, and they replaced. They tried to like they they George Lucas did. Yeah, they replaced <laughs> the 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 guns with the. Um, oh yes, yes. They the they fan, took the guns out of the yeah, movie. The so fan stupid. revolted so much. The fans like were like, no, we want the regular ET. We want back. guns. Well, no, they wanted the regular ET <laughs> back, so they put him back in, but they kept the guns out. Yeah, like, I know. We'll we'll, we'll re-edit ET back in, but we're not we're not putting back fucking guns. That was like that's not even like a bad thing. Like they just thought it was like too threatening. But that movie's fa- the movie. That's the is, po- that's part of the movie. It's, it's supposed to scare the shit out of it's you. It's a hybrid point. kid movie. It's not. A, it's a kid movie. That's at some a straight point. up kid movie, dude. That name that wasn't marketed towards adults. I know, but it wasn't. But it, we watch it now. Like we, I, that, that movie's fucking. Yeah, but crazy. remember, all kid movies in the eighties. Well, well, this movie. It's like no. <laughs> uh, all People kid movies in the eighties. Fucking kids movies in the eighties. Like that was just. Dude, in Monster Squ- in in fucking Monster Squad, the kid is smoking a cigarette. Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I have a little bit of an issue with like that whole approach on redoing ET and taking the guns out of it. Like, why would you do that? That's just fucking stupid. Like, I, I disagree. But they re they made him computerized. They made. ET, like, like he, he was great. He looked awesome. Are we bad fucked taste, up because of the fact bad, that we bad saw taste video? No, bad taste video uh, uh, audience, please make us famous and rich enough that I could buy the rights to ET and put more guns in it. Yeah, we want right? to do the all guns, guns edit of ET. I want to add more guns to that ET, ET ride. I want, I want ET to be strapped up. You know what I mean? I want <laughs> oh, everybody he comes to out with it. Fucking it's a fucking Uzi. Yeah, yeah. Bad taste video podcast listeners. If you, if they ever shut down the ET ride, I want to start a GoFundMe to get the ET at the end of the ride that waves and says your name. Oh, God. Uh, Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. Imagine, did they? Do you think they have a guy with a microphone? Yeah, that's a person. <laughs> that's so funny. That's a that's a so funny. <laughs> like in the thing. Yeah, it's something in a costume. That's real. Imagine getting a name that's like not a common name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's just fucking short circuits. <laughs> but dude, that ride was um, great. Um, uh, <laughs> I could never do that job, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it says here you worked at Universal. What did you do? Well, try to guess. Hello, Michael. Yo, you're a fucking ET. You're Put a your names ET. all day. That's what I fucking did. Well, <laughs> well, before I tell you guys, I need you to put everyone in the office names down and we'll play a game. What would be better, being ET at Universal Studios or being a guess your weight guy at a carnival? Oh, oh guess uh, no, be ET. ET. Which, ones, which one could you make somebody feel worse? Oh, I have a oh, good personality be- for the guest away guy. I feel oh. like I, I could probably get away with that. I always, I always beat those guys because I look way, I look way lighter than my actual weight. So I'm always, I'm always getting like, I, 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 I do pretty good on those. Don't let nobody eye me down. <laughs> let, let nobody eye me oh, down. Man. You just gotta get jokes on them. I always people look low and fat as possible. So that- <laughs> I put weights fun. in my shoes. <laughs> I walk on the thing like this. Frankenstein at Universal Studios. <laughs> like, 
God. Let's talk about that show. <laughs> no, that's Six Flags. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's Universal. Fuck. The monster show? The Universal Monster Show. Oh, well, God, speaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's dive on. Let's All right, let's do the movie. It's time. Kay. It's time for the movie. This week, we watched the 1982 John Carpenter classic, The Thing, which is also a universal property, I think. Yeah, right? it is. Yeah. See? It's all connected. It's all connected. There it is. We'll, we'll I mentioned last week that I wish they had a fucking universal ride for The Thing, because that would have been they cool. They did have a... Didn't they have a thing? For, for what? The, a I thing think for so The Thing they, during the Halloween like horror nights? Editor note, that's a great episode. Er, 90, 90s, 80s, universal... Studios episode. Yeah, we could do great, that. Great, we could work. Great. Oh, the yeah. Grizz is, we've all been there. Okay, back in. We could work something out. Back in. <laughs> uh, this was made on a $15 million budget, which Insane. is actually not as much as I thought I it know. would be. I thought it would be at least like a 30 mil. I thought, here, when right? I saw that, I Easily. thought that, that it would have been, it, I thought it would have been at least, at least 20. I know that sounds, Five million is a lot of money. Well, <laughs> extra five mil. Well, Location, yeah. helicopters, explosions, dogs. They saved they a lot of money on locations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, uh, this was filmed in uh, Alaska and Canada and California, obviously. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to actually get like the realism, right? Of yeah. being in you know this outpost and everything. So they they went up to the middle of fucking nowhere, right? <laughs> well, uh, yes, but at the same time, a lot of it also was like you said in California. It's filmed on a set that was kept like thirty two degrees. So yeah. most of those shots, like a lot of the stuff of the uh, the main outpost that we're going to see in this movie, is actually in California. But if you didn't tell me that, I would one hundred percent think this was fucking middle of Alaska for sure. It's done so. This movie is done so well, and you would like it's seamless that like you can really tell when movies kind of like fake their sets even nowadays, where it's like oh they sent the d- director number two out to California to get some shots of Big Sur and the car driving on the mountain, and then now we're at a house that's obviously in a set in Hollywood. You know what yeah. I mean? This was done so seamless, and this is a pro- I I don't mean to jump the gun. This movie is near perfect with a lot of the stuff it does. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, as we said, this was directed by John Carpenter, who we all know. Yes. We'll, we'll get into more of, you know, this versus the other stuff a little bit later on. Yes. Uh, starring a lot of people that you may know. Everyone. <laughs> right? Uh, the big ones being Kurt Russell, obviously. So uh, Pliskin himself. I, I, I probably have three different hard drives named after Kurt Russell characters. One of them is this one. There it's you like, go. <laughs> Wilford Brimley. Yep. Mr. Diabetes himself. Actual cowboy. Right? Real <laughs> life. And Keith David of They Live fame, mm-hmm. which I feel like really boosted him, right? To like superstardom. Yeah, I was a huge Keith David fan. Yeah. That dude fucking rocks. You know that Legit. he was in the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2? He was a yeah. voice in that shit? Yeah, dude. dude that's, that's like, a, like and been in everything. I feel like he's still doing stuff today, too. Like, oh, he's yeah. always in shit. Totally. Was that him in the uh, Tales from the Hood sequel that they came out with not too long ago? Is that Keith David? Oh, I haven't seen it. They came out with a sequel from Tales from the Hood? Hmm. 
Yeah, it wasn't good, but it oh, might I can have imagine been him. So apparently, Toby Hooper was originally brought on to do this movie, but when they saw like the direction he was going, they decided, oh, you know, just like Poltergeist, let's have somebody else come in and yeah. uh, do this one. So they ended up bringing uh, John Carpenter in, who didn't really want to do it. Shit. What? I didn't know he was Goliath from Gargoyles. Was he really? Yeah, I didn't. I just realized that now. No wonder I fucking love that. Was show that him in the Tales from the Hood? Let me see. Hold on. Uh, look that Sorry, I got distracted. I got distracted for from the Gargoyles. Distracted, which yeah. is <laughs> now on Am- which is now on Disney Plus, and it's ten out of ten. I'm gonna watch that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, John Carpenter originally didn't want to do this movie. Imagine he didn't do it. How like much of a different place we would be in at that at this point. Yes, How many movies? He, that is him, right? Hold on. Uh, what up. a different place we would be in what? at this point. Everything you know, from the special effects, mm-hmm. from the story to the cinematography to the everything. A lot of people took uh, a lot of inspiration from this movie for things that are coming out now. Yes. You know, I'm trying to think and- of like other directors in that time that I could like imagine. You know, Carpenter couldn't do it. Who would have stepped in to make this film anywhere near as close as good as as it could be? And I, I, I got I'm name. interested to see who you guys would say. I got I got a name. So I'm not sure about commercial success, but for the horror sci-fi genre, Cronenberg. It's a, that was my first. Yeah, that was my that was my go-to. Honestly, Cronenberg for sure. The body horror for- aspect of it, I feel like he could he could do a really great job at at nailing. Yeah, but the one thing that Carpenter, like maybe unbeknownst to himself, was very good at getting commercial success. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he had like a weird thing that weird. Like Cronenberg is great, like high art. I think he's fantastic, one of my favorites. But it's just one of those things where, like, um, Carpenter's very good at walking that line of like gore and craziness, but also commercialism done right like you know set whether yeah, carpenter had the name for himself you know yes he, he, yeah. he's, like, he's already come off of halloween he has the big name success so it's like i think that kind of helps him just get a little bit more eyes on the project yeah him having that name alone yeah the only other person that i could see doing a movie like this and i think actually funny enough he released a movie on the same exact day as the thing Ridley Scott. That's a good. That's a I think one. would be able to, especially at this time, coming off of like Alien. Uh, he did Blade Runner, which came out yep. the same day as the thing. Yep. Um, I feel like he would have did a great job because I, he kind of gets the whole body horror thing. He gets the whole, you know, man versus alien Blade trying Runner's to outsmart this thing that you may think you're smarter than. But you're really not. I you totally I mean? agree with that. That's my only answer. my only worry with with that you know direction would be it would if he tried to do it too much like Alien and it became almost a, a rip off or like a, a you know a part of that uh, that that universe. It would need to be its own separate thing from the Alien series. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, well, I feel the same way. But at that time, I mean, they weren't really pushing for sequels. 
right? Right. It was I, the I, early I, I think 80s. What I'm saying you know? is like the the Geiger look of like all that kind of stuff. He it was very heavily used. Obviously, HR's work was used, you know, particularly in in Alien. So I, I would just hope that it would stay away from that that look of things because that's so yeah. alien well, to even, me. Well, well, look at Blade Runner. Blade Runner doesn't look like Alien. True. One of my no, favorite that, that's movies. absolutely true. And they they're both like sci-fi future, you know, future movies. And even the way Blade Runner is shot, where you know the lighting, and it's very similar to how the thing is shot, well, where well, the lighting is very, you know, well, uh, it, it's, it's crucial. Yeah, it's part of the well, movie. Well, Blade Runner, know? Blade Runner's DP is one of the best. <laughs> Roger Deakins, man. And also, as someone that as someone that Blade Runner is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I do think that he could take on a movie like this. But I do agree with Griggs, Grizz in a sense that it will look different. Like I don't think it's going to look like Alien, but I think it will look. It's not going to have. It's going to look good. It's just going to be something completely different. I think Cronenberg would have had kind of a closer violent side of this movie i guess but side side note uh blade runner the sequel is way better than the original blade runner this yeah, is my, yeah. oh one of my favorite both one of my favorite movies both two of my favorite movies you know what man sometimes the sequels are better and remakes yeah yeah <laughs> this is true this Case is true point. this is true 2049 sorry <laughs> uh you know like we said this is a remake technically yeah, both of them are are derivatives of story of a short story, so you know, both reimaginings. It, yeah, is it really a remake? Then it's kind of like the whole like I am Legend is not a remake of the Omega Man. You know what I mean? They're two completely different movies that are based off one book. Manhunter, Red yeah, Dragon. I don't consider this a remake. <laughs> yeah, I, it's you know, I, if Carpenter you want to be consider it a remake. Yeah. yeah. If if you want to be super broad, the only reason it would be considered a remake is because like they bought the rights to yeah. the original one. Yeah. You know what I mean? The thing from another world. Yeah. And they're technically remaking the movie. I well, think the yeah, only they, thing that would make it a remake to me and in, in my eyes, or the only scene that's a remake, is that opening shot of the the how the, the intro title looks card. The, the title card is a direct yeah, ripoff of the original. Yeah. Because it's great. Yeah, that's and, the homage. But, uh, but other but, than that, it's a separate film. Yeah, I I agree. I think I think I think the reason why it's technically remade is remake is what Beard said is that it, it, it is. It, I believe they still had the rights, or somebody had the rights for it, right? Like it, there was some copywriting thing. They they, like, they had to buy they, something. They acquired like the yeah. RKO exactly. archive or some that, shit. Something, that, I don't know. That one little technicality makes it a remake. Because they had to buy it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But and the original yeah. was huge. It was a big deal yeah. when, it, when it came out. People love it as a, one of those, you know, historical horror films. So it wouldn't make sense that they'd want to capitalize on that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So according to John Carpenter, this was the first of his Apocalypse trilogy. And the second would be Prince of Darkness from 1987, yeah. which I love that movie. Do you want to, you've been wanting to do. Yep. And also In the Mouth of Madness from 1995, which is another great movie. All these movies are, are awesome. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think about it, the Apocalypse trilogy? Is it just a loose 
thing tying them together? Because they're not really loose. related. I mean, the only one I've seen uh, is Prince of Darkness. I haven't seen in Mouth of Madness. I, I mean, if I have, I can't really put my finger on it right now. But I, I think it's, I mean, maybe just a, there's some similar subject matter as far as like, you know, dystopian man type of thing. But other than that, it, it, I think it's a hard, it's a hard sell for me. I looked at it as maybe I, maybe I just never really read into it too much. I just thought that like, he just did like, oh, here's my apocalypse movies, you know, without a connection. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is like. Here's my slashers. Here's my sci-fi. Here's my apocalypse movie. That's how I always looked at it. If there's a loose, like you know, that's how I kind of looked at it as, is that this is just a, a, the cycle of movies that he does. It's kind of like the Three Mothers trilogy. There does he ever say what one. connects them, or like what? I, am, I, I don't know. He's I an think asshole, he so it's hard to get that information from him. I'm well, sure. they yeah. all have to do with like <laughs> the end of the world, like this, like the thing in, infecting the world. In Prince of Darkness, it's basically like the fucking, you know, yeah. the end. It's it's fucking Satan or whatever coming back. If you want to, you know, see, the Antichrist. Um, I but the one thing that but Carpenter does with all of his movies, I I do like how he uses a lot of the same cast. Like it just the his, he is so good at like I call it like the ladder of like the rungs of a ladder. Like just like he's very good at like familiarizing character not not just actors but roles in his movies to other movies yeah so it's like you feel you like that's what makes a great director is that I, if i see a trailer for a movie that it's an original original story and kurt russell's in it i'm like okay i know what i'm gonna get into already you feel comfortable and he's just the i feel he was that that's why the apocalypse kind of stuff he does is also good because he's very good at building that comfort he's very good at building that familiar situation so everybody will watch yeah yeah so what do you think guys you want to get into this movie i feel like there's a lot to say um, i thought we were talking yeah well i, I want to hit the trailer and then like really get into it <laughs> that's enough of the background Itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to, but it's vulnerable out in the open. If it takes us over, then it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's one. You guys gonna listen to Gary? We can beat one of those things!
The Thing 1982. Grizz, why don't you give us your synopsis that you seem so thrilled about? <laughs> so thrilled. Jeez, good setup. All right, here we go. A research base in Antarctica is overtaken by an alien life form. That's, that's, that's pretty much that's it. Good. Yeah, well, that's the story. That's yeah. really, that's it. There it is. I don't know what you were so down about, man. That Helicopters. Was, that was good. Explosion. Yeah. Snow. Dogs. The dogs. Alcohol. Alcohol. Pulting. <laughs> Sex. We don't know. <laughs> There's not a single... <laughs> we don't judge. We don't know. But possibly <laughs> the thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there is actually a pretty large cast of characters in this movie, right? I'm not going to list all of them right now because <laughs> we'll get we'll get to them as we go through this. But there are a lot. The main ones that you're going to need to know: McCready, which is Kurt Russell, the king. Yeah, wearing his fucking Yosemite Sam hat. Hell yeah. You have Childs, who's Keith David, who looks like he wants to punch a hole in uh, Kurt Russell throughout <laughs> this the whole movie. These are the Franks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's such a good... Dr. Blair, Why are we... who is Wilfred Brimley. And he's a pretty important character in this also. He kind of ties a lot of this together. And also, I feel like Clark is a big one. Right? Because he's kind of like a suspect throughout most of the movie because he's in charge of the dogs. Yeah. And the dogs are the first thing that these guys see get infected by this alien. Right? So they're immediately like, yo, dude, what have you been doing, bro? Yeah. Watch Clark. <laughs> I don't trust anybody named Clark anyway. Funny enough, Clark, not infected. <laughs> but, he's, but he's killed anyway. Yeah. Uh, he Clark bars. That. Those are the worst candy bars, though I definitely don't like Clark. What's a Clark bar? Dude, it's a gross-ass candy bar. It's like that red wrapper that says Clark on it. <laughs> but know. he always plays those type of roles. Like he, he was he was also Stan in the first uh, It movie. Though he Remember he gets killed right away? Does he? He kills himself. Oh, yeah. He, when he, when he, he, they get the call, oh, we got to go meet back in Derry. He goes, okay, and he kills himself in the tub. <laughs> he's always like, he's always Not under two... That actor, that actor always plays like people with like the most anxiety. Well, sometimes he just wait. Is that really him? Yeah, he plays Stan. I wow. I, I didn't even look it up. I swear, I remember he That's plays. That's crazy. I'm gonna just double check. He plays the one that kills himself before they meet back up. Dude, you know, know a character I really like in this in this movie? Windows. That's good. Lil High Strung. He's like the radio guy, right? He's kind of like a little nutty, a little unhinged, but uh, I like his character. He looks like right? Hyde from that 70s show, right? That's the guy you're talking about? Yes. The one yeah. with like, the, he's got like frizzy hair and everything. Yeah. Like, uh, Yep. He played Stan. That was him? That was him in it. He, he goes, oh, okay, guys, I'll see you there. <laughs> kills himself. That's pretty funny. You know why I also like Windows? Because he's in another one of my favorite movies. The Warriors. Oh, Good oh movie. shit! You're right. Yeah, I never even put that He's together. Yeah, I can see him already in my head, him, dude. It's like, wow, man, you're in you're in some of the best fucking movies yeah. ever. Incredible. <laughs> the hell ever happened to Thomas G. Waits? Where are you at, I don't homie? Know, man, Tom Waits. Tom G. Waits. <laughs> that's his name. <laughs> He probably tells people he's Tom Waits. Yeah, my name's Tom Waits. What is it? <laughs> yeah, Tom Waits. yeah, he talks like this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Anybody else that we're missing that you think people would be, uh, who'd you say, Niles? Yeah, I mean, Niles is important, dude. Well, TK Carter, I mean, he plays That's a role. True. That's true. That's true. We all do. I, I all like, the dogs. I really, yeah, all the dogs. I think the dog's <laughs> name was like Jed or something like that. Like the dog that played like one of the, like the main, like whatever. Now, what I think is pretty interesting about this movie is they managed to make this whole cast believable and watchable. Yeah. Agreed. Right? And everybody is equally suspicious. Even our main protagonist, McCready, right? He's, I mean, we get to see, obviously, a little, a little bit more than what they see in the movie. But you could see how he could be, you know, a little suspect. Yeah, these right? people really... Uh, it's it's a great portrayal of not okay. So if you're with your family somewhere and some shit goes down, you have a built-in trust with people in your family or your loved ones. I think this is a great portrayal of what it would be like in a very hard circumstance with your coworkers. These yeah. guys do an amazing job of making you feel the paranoia and the the distrust that would easily set in in this circumstance between people that are just as casual as people you work with. Well, even like they have, uh, what the hell's his name? Gary. Who's like the cop or like the sheriff, whatever you want to be called. Imagine being in his position at that point, And he even sees that it's too much for him. And yeah. he says, I think everybody will feel better if somebody else was in charge. Right. So like it's a heavy imagine- situation. Yeah. How many people do you know would actually relinquish power like that in like a do or die situation? Not many, man. So stuff. That so that may or may not be an unrealistic thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know my coworkers would be like, fuck you, dude, deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'm freelance, so you know I, Yeah, yeah. I, uh, Your wife. <laughs> no, Holly. She She's, she's not, they're both not under my payroll. I can't. I can't. <laughs> uh, but I think that's a great analogy that it's not so much being stranded somewhere with your friends and family, but more so with your coworkers. Yeah. Just close associates. And yeah. Like where you're friendly with them, you may hang out with them or whatever, but like, do you really know these people? Yeah. Let's go you to the bar and I have mean? a few beers after work, but. You know, I'm not going and having Thanksgiving at your house, so it's 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 a different relationship completely. Well, they're very quick to turn on each other, very quick, right? They they you could see they kind of splinter off into little groups or whatever, but they're very quick to be like, "Fuck you, man." Oh, I got some coworkers. I can say, "Fuck you." (laughs) But like any any shred of evidence, they're immediately like, "Nope, it's it's legit, it's legit." It's it's never like oh well how did that get there it's like nope this is let's yep you yeah. you this guy matter of fact <laughs> as long as it's not like, me it's him for sure that's it yeah yeah and you know what it doesn't work out for any of them really so yeah this is that's, that's a good point too that this is a great you know uh, representation of uh, of Darwinism in a sense of you know survival of the fittest and and do or die dog eat dog this is real. Real life shit right here when it comes down to the nitty gritty. Yep. Remember, survival of the fittest doesn't mean you got to be stronger than the guy next to you. You just got to be smarter than him, right? right? (laughs) And this movie really shows like a pretty accurate way that 
people in this situation may react in a, I guess, a medical way. Yeah. We're like, yeah, you got a doctor and everything, but everybody's kind of like, well, you know, if one cell can infect you, then, you know, what's what's going on here? People you are, know, they, are panicky, scared creatures, and this is just the perfect way to show it. Yeah, man. When you when when yeah. they devise the blood test, like <sighs> imagine sitting in, in that room. And like, wait, like, you know, like, um, McCready says, like, yeah. I know I'm not an alien and I'm still here. Yeah. So some of you must not be alien. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's kind of when someone farts in a room, like, I know I didn't fart. <laughs> but yeah. one of you, you definitely did. What you guys did. There's only three of us in this room. I'm telling the truth. No, but I, I, I like that whole like thought yeah. process of that. Like, well, everybody must not be turned because if you know if you guys were you would jump me already yeah you know so like it's like okay now you got to figure out who are your allies right who's actually human who's coming and, with me man <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and i think like i said before they do a great job of sowing mistrust between everybody everybody's a suspect nobody is in the clear Nobody can really explain certain points of their night or their day, you know, and it's it's cool how all that mistrust just leads to like this fucking breaking point eventually. Even for the viewing audience, you don't know. Like, you know, sometimes when you're watching a movie like this as the audience, you're in on who the infected people are. You have the, you know, in a zombie movie, oh, that motherfucker got bit. I bet he's going to turn it. You know, you have an idea of what's going on. Whereas this keeps the the audience and the viewer completely questioning themselves whether or not, all right, well, you know, is, is fucking McCready, is he an alien? Like, what the hell is going on? You don't know who is and who isn't infected in this whole movie throughout the entire thing. Well, really, it turns from who's infected into who's not infected. Yeah. It's you just know, coronavirus. The <laughs> this yeah. movie's the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> we, got, we gotta start pulling people's blood before kind of they jump. They're out. There yeah, if it jumps at you. It jumps, you're done. So we brushed upon this before and we said this may be seen as a remake. I think most people do see it as a remake. Maybe we're in the minority now. And we may have said before that, that it was a remake. Scenario. But now that we really dove into it, it's really not. I, I would, think it's just I the would, general consensus in, of pop culture. That, oh, it's the yeah. best remake of all time. It's the number yes. one remake, yeah. remake. It just gets shoves down your throat. Yeah, just think about it like I Am Legend and The Omega Man. Is yeah, I Am totally. Legend a remake of The Omega Man? No, they're both fucking based on the novel. Yeah. Now, once again, and lower Manhunter, Red Dragon. Yes, exactly. Manhunter is by far the more superior film. Now, First Hannibal Lecter. Let's just say it was a remake. And it successfully pulled off this, right? This this wonderful thing of a remake. What are some other remakes that maybe surpassed the original? That they got a second chance? Maybe they had the budget this time. Maybe they had the technology this time. You know? What are some that you would say would surpass the original? I am not a big remake guy. So this is a tough question for me. Okay, I got a few that I'll I'll at least you'll probably say some and I'll, I'll spike my Anthony. I know you might you you may agree with me on some of these. I know which ones you'll agree with me on. Some of them are more uh, well, if, well, the fly out. 
The Fly. Yes, yeah. 1986. Yeah. Superior film to the original Vincent Price one. I agree with that. Yeah, that's true. The 1988 Blob. I think that's superior to the original. Okay, that's... Uh, okay. So I, have, I I agree with what you're saying on these, but I think that it's very hard to be like, oh, these movies from the 1950s and shit, you know, these ones from the 80s are better. Well, of course they're better. Like, you're dealing with a movie from, you know, like the beginning Sometimes of... Sometimes not. I don't know. It's, it's a hard comparison. I, I, I will say, and I don't... I'm going to go really rare on this one the reason why i don't like for example there's a great movie from the 50s called night in the city which was remaked in the 90s with de niro and like all like a de good niro cast and shit like good cast and the movie was garbage and the original 1951 no so, shit by the but and I, the reason why i bring that up that's another it's a wrestling movie that has pro early, probably one of the earliest movies to talk about pro wrestling like really ever but it was very portrayed as pro wrestling being like you know not predetermined yeah like but, how they used to think it was yeah, real yeah. but um hey, babe, baby. but <laughs> it, those there's a lot of those earlier movies that don't like some like some of the best like I, I guess like there's so many movies about the titanic came out in the 50s and the 60s and the biggest movie one of the biggest movies of all time was the 1998 titanic but some of those old ones are fucking awesome and that was before all the special effects so yeah well i know I like it, it's, it's, it depends whose hands on the project and i think carpenter really like with, good. with the blob like dude they have blob fest people are all about that original bl- blob yeah you know what i mean like it's not you know cut clear cut that it's like a superior film i guess it's Some just people like, one of those like things the, that's, it's in my head like when i think about it like it's it's hard for me to compare the two because it's just like Apples and oranges, in my opinion, the yeah. different comparisons. Here's the one. Movie. Here's one for you. Scarface. No. Well. <laughs> yeah, that's that's different. <laughs> uh, what about the Night of the Living Dead 1990 remake? We already know you like that more. You know I love that movie, and you know I love it more than the original. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, like the I, original. Actually, I don't do get really me wrong. Like that a lot. I but think... like, you know, the special effects. There really aren't tons of them in it where I would say it would, you know, completely skew it in its favor like you're fucking you know all of a sudden you got cgi this and that yeah you know i would say it's pretty even it's i'm a, a tony todd mark too though dude hell yeah so, i mean candy man bro he, he candy man motherfucker <laughs> i i can make a very controversial opinion about some remakes i think like the blob for example i think to when you're like cool points is like oh i love the original one but every time i go to watch the blob during like halloween or like when i want to watch it I don't put on the original blob. I put on the remake. Anthony, I got one for you. <laughs> okay. You ready? You ready? Ready to the fly. House of Wax. I do think the House of Wax, I do think that movie's not that bad. <laughs> I don't think that movie's terrible. I think the kills are in it, but are good, but I don't think it's that great. But also the house. Uh, no. See, I have a hard time. We say with that one, I think the Vincent Price one is, is better. Is gold. I think it's probably one of his best films yeah. of all time that, that that price did but in that same era there was a shit ton of remakes that was happening They're i think that was kind of like a, a boom of, of horror remakes but one that came out of that time period that i will say i enjoy a lot more than the original is the hills have eyes remake yes, i think that I one came out it, it is gritty it's fucking brutal and it is a lot more enjoyable for me to watch than the original. I 100% agree. I think that remake is great. And I do think, and I, the reason, and I do compare 
a, a remake like The Fly to something like The Thing because I feel like it, besides, I know it's, maybe this is like a loophole and I'm going to get shit for it, is I think the subject matter is the same, but they're completely different. It's like, even the ending, like, you know, like, and I do think the original Fly ending is fucking awesome and like creepy for the, but for the time period, think about it. That was fucking cool. But like, I do think that like what Cronenberg did with the fly Carpenter did with this, I think that it, it, it was more so there was more of a connection than this, but I think that's why that fly is more superior because that, that, that made Goldblum like a fucking star. That movie, he was popular, but then he became like a household. He followed after that movie. What did he follow up with? Like that was like right before Jurassic Park and all this other shit. You know, I that movie's, I would say far far better than yeah than the original. The original has a dark ending. Yeah, and I feel like that one is just fucking even darker. And, and Goldblum's Bloom, Go just Goldblum the whole time, but he's fantastic. Even when he's even when he's like. The hybrid, he's, yeah. He's like, oh, well, sugar, it's fine, it's great. One, two, three, four, five. Six. What do you think about that Evil Dead remake? I think I never if it saw was, it. I think if they changed the story slightly and oh. just didn't call it Evil Dead, I'd be like, yeah, Th- that movie. That's a lie. Rules. I like that one, but I like, I do like it. Is I it do better? like it. I like the swap. Yes, so the swap was great. Yes, I just wish if they made that like slightly different, so they could have made that a different franchise. That would have been awesome. Yeah, I, I think it suffers it. having the moniker of Evil Dead on it. I think that's yeah. true because it's a, an amazing film. And it's another one that's extremely brutal. I think just the whole like the story of her, you know, being like a heroin addict that needs to go to, out to this woods to get clean and, you know, with her friends and shit. That alone is a, is a really strong story that could lead to all this other shit without slapping that badge of Evil Dead on it. I think yeah. that movie rules, though. It could have been done. It could have definitely been done. I do think that if anybody that has any connections to Hollywood that listens to this podcast, as part of the horror film community, I would like to say that we do not need another Black Christmas remake. No. So after this one, stop. After this one, we do not need any more. Is this the third one? Is this the third Black Christmas remake or the second Black Christmas remake? No, there's like, I think this is the third. This has got to be the third one. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And we don't need another Nightmare on Elm Street one. No, we don't either. Now, a big thing with this movie is, like you said, body horror. Yeah. Right? Now, it's also very Lovecraftian, right? Like, otherworldly shit that's, you know, beyond our comprehension and all that. And I feel like that was a big theme in the 80s, right? You had things like scanners, mm, sort of. Videodrome, mm, sort of. From beyond, very much so. Reanimator, baby. Yeah, uh, these and that's literally a Lovecraft story. That's same, right. same with From Beyond. Yep. But you know, I feel like these things are an untapped market even today. Now you have movies like The Void and Mandy that are sort of in more so. The Void is in that, uh, yeah, that realm and like yeah. you know beyond the black rainbow and shit. I feel like people don't really dive into that Lovecraftian, you know crazy uh cosmic horror stuff why is that well i mean it it's been tapped into by a lot of of low budget filmmakers and it comes it's very hard to do it's hard to do well it takes really good practical effects i feel to do 
Lovecraft work justice, and it just it it's a dying art form, unfortunately. Everybody is so married to CGI, so now you have a lot of like really low budget films that are tackling the Lovecraft genre. Yeah, and they're just fucking corny because the CGI just makes it really bad. Whereas if some of these stories had these. Uh, the same kind of mindset going into it that they did in the 80s to do these practical effects that these these themes deserve, we would have such great films still. Isn't it crazy that like just like sitting back and like sitting with the concept of like computer effects and how it's like, oh, it's cheaper if a computer could do it. Yeah, I'm like, doesn't make it better. Like, That's for damn sure. I know, like, oh, I would rather pay the man hours. Like as a as like working you know, on like I'm ever i I've never worked at something this big. But like for me, it's like as uh as doing music videos and stuff, for me, like I have to do practical, you know, like that's the cheaper route. Yeah. And honestly, I would rather that way. Like if movies think about some of your fair movies that have no computer effects. Yeah. It's like I, think, I don't know. I think we may get to a point very soon where we could start seeing more of this cosmic horror type yeah. crazy, you know, scaled up beings from another world yeah i think the cgi is gonna get good enough soon where it may be flawless oh, or it's you may, be it may look real it know? looks better when directors use it as a tool and not a crutch a lot of directors oh, like use Michael it as Bay? a crutch like dude <laughs> so he could do a movie with no actors i recently <laughs> saw that color out of space movie when it came out this past year oh uh, that's the same guy that did that mandy movie and it it's it's a good it's good it's going it's a it's a fun film and like there's obviously going to be cgi and the cgi that we see at first is okay and the whole movie comes to this like abrupt halt for me and it just ruins it with these fucking horrible cgi squirrels and these animals that just yeah are completely cartoony and it's just like dude you don't have to go there you don't have to push it that far for me to really enjoy what you're already doing yeah that, well, that's the thing that if you're not going to have the ability to show something fucking crazy, you have to have a really solid story. Yeah. And that's the, a very difficult thing to do to try to make it as effective as like one of Lovecraft's actual, you know, stories or whatever. It's very hard to put that on screen, especially in 2020 where oh, everybody wants to see everything it's yeah. not fucking 1952 anymore you know people aren't shocked by anything anymore that that's a that's a really good point and a great tie-in to this point as well is that you know speaking of of you know remakes and practical effects and stuff when they did the 2011 film for this they did all the practical effects for that film and at the last minute we're like nah we're gonna use cgi we already paid for all this shit it looks it cool as lot. fuck happens so, a lot so but we're dumb. gonna use a cgi and it fucking the CGI ruined the was film terrible ruined the movie. film yeah. which which movie the thing remake uh, oh the the or the, the prequel th- the prequel sorry it's, it's a, a prequel. Pre- prequel remake prequel that, remake remake that was fucking stupid as hell Horrible. i don't know i don't know why they even made that i feel like that was uh unneeded unnecessary no, you ever you ever see what was it uh well the movie got big because it was like a low budget movie with had a lot of practical effects was it follows that oh, movie got great. yeah. That movie got like that move. People were like, "Think about it. It's a great movie." But people were like, "Oh my god, it's such a great movie that didn't cost a lot, and it was so practical." I'm like, "Yeah, like its predecessors. 
You're like, like you know, like you know, like it's the movie. Like the people was influenced by. There's still a market of people that don't. But people want got it. behind that film because it delivered practical effects and it delivered it a powerful soundtrack, and that's what fucking sells horror films. In my and opinion. everybody involved in that movie now is doing things that are bigger. Absolutely. I don't like it follows. You don't like it follows? Nah, I'm not a fan. I think that was a great love letter movie. I bought I it. I have it on Blu-ray, but I didn't really like it. What can you do? Amazing soundtrack. Yeah, amazing, amazing soundtrack. How do you feel about this movie compared to John Carpenter's other films? Now, of course, there's things like Halloween, Prince of Darkness, Big Trouble in Little China, Escape from New York, uh, Vampires. Christine. I, I find, Christine, yeah. yeah. I, I find this movie as like, I, I could be wrong when I Starman, say Starman, Anthony. Star I'm going to say Starman. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. No, no, I'm okay. um, I, um, I live. Th- I find this movie to be a weird, like, rest stop movie for him. Like, in the sense that, like, it, it's so big. Like, it comes off much bigger. I don't know, maybe because of what he, because f- the movies he's done prior. I find this movie as a, like, it, it, it's definitely a Carpenter movie. I just find it to be such a bigger production than things that he did. Like, well, I, I, I well, it, it's, 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 I don't know. It's, it's weird. A, he did Escape from New York the year before this. Yeah. yeah so he was huge. like, he was yeah. like ramping up. Uh, I know that production was actually delayed on this, I think, yeah. when they were, you know, before they started shooting. So that's what gave them a lot of time to think all the story out, make yeah. it pretty thorough and all that. Yeah. Get another but, leather jacket for, get another leather jacket for, for him, you know, <laughs> Kurt Russell to have, you know. But I feel like the, like this movie story wise is the strongest i agree out of all of them very it's very cohesive now think about it like halloween very simple story right and even that they can't get their fucking continuity straight they really can't there's no duke in this movie though assault on precinct 13 good story i love that movie that's probably my in my top three of john carpenter movies i think that's one of his first two yeah, Halloween. it's one of his rawest movies ever. Yeah, that, oh, not just his, one of the most rawest movies to get that type of release ever. Dude, that movie, it's fucking a, it's awesome a, soundtrack. Yeah, it's also. a great, great soundtrack too. Uh, of course, there's the fog. That's fog later on. Yeah, I like the fog. It's okay. It, it's, it's good for what it is. It's a yeah, it's a watchable movie. I I would say definitely check it out if you've never actually went and saw it. It's a great ghost story. Uh, but then, like with the thing. I feel like this story has so many like little twists and plot points and the effects are absolutely insane in it. And it really is like another level where all those other movies are good. They're all great. They're all great movies. But I feel like this one is just like he managed to take like shit to the next level. Like that's what I'm saying. Can you name another like movie that's like an alien uh, uh what would you consider this like an alien uh s- siege film well i'm not a sci-fi film guy at all i, I besides I'm, alien well, obviously I, I really i really hate sci-fi movies to be honest with you but this is probably one of my favorite movies that could definitely fall into that genre it's by far my favorite carpenter film I think really? that okay. that this blows away anything else that he has ever done. I think the only thing that can come close to being enjoyable to watch as much as this is maybe they live for me. I think those are yeah. his two his two shining moments in my opinion. But I think a lot of this story is is kind of credited to uh, to John Campbell Jr.'s uh, the book you know who goes there that it all comes from because the the basics of this story 
like you just said, there's no other alien movie like this, and I think that's what makes this so special. This isn't like, oh, aliens in a fucking spaceship coming down, and they're fucking spooky, and they got big eyes and shit. Like, this is something that you can't tell where the fuck it is. It, it can be in you and just completely taking over you, and there's nothing you can do about it. And, and that makes the story so much different. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, so my opinion, by the way, shot anamorphic. Uh, so, um, I think that the one thing that Carpenter, I think we've touched upon it with Halloween is that we agree whether we want to admit it or not. Halloween as a series doesn't deliver like Michael Myers delivers Carpenter delivers, but as a series doesn't deliver, there's constant issues. It gets muddled. The timeline gets muddled, but it did influence a bunch of movies after. I think that the th- the thing influenced so many modern stuff we watch. I feel like this movie skipped a generation of directors. Yes, I yeah. agree with that. I feel this movie I feel like I feel like this movie skipped like guys that came up in the 90s and like I think like like I think that the people that wrote The Walking Dead Watch the shit out of like not walking into a comic book, the Walking Dead TV show. Watch the shit out of this movie. Like, think about all those snow scenes in The Walking Dead. It's fucking this, you know? And I feel that like this has as much as Halloween influenced all like a lot of horror movies, I feel this influenced the apocalypse genre in a way that wasn't so spacey, that wasn't so spaceshipy, that this could happen on Earth, you know? Yeah. 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 It wasn't so like far-fetched like you don't like you're not going to be on like alien is great franchise but it's all spaceships you ain't a space trucker bro yeah, yeah like this is it, <laughs> I, the whole I think apocalypse that, thing is kind of blowing my mind because i've never i've never made that connection with this movie i've never watched this and thought of apocalyptic but i totally understand like you know where you guys are coming from and how other people say that it's just i've always thought sci-fi no, i always thought alien body horror and stuff so. i think wilford brimley says at one point like oh it would take over the world in like this it amount would. of time yeah. yeah it's got it it basically is it's a different type of apocalypse it's it not totally zombies. is i get it yeah yeah biological there you go which i think like a blood alien i guess you oh, can say dude. Yeah. what a fucking story idea yeah that's right cool as and and I like the fact that, like, it creates these, like, sentient beings that, you know, this amoeba or whatever, this cell microbe, whatever, didn't fly that giant ass spaceship there. They fucking, like, dropped it. They, there. they, well, no, they, like, transformed into some other alien yeah. that I, that was in that craft that drove that craft mm-hmm. and got stuck in the ice. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. that's <laughs> fucking crazy. So, really, there's two aliens. That's yeah. true. I never thought about that. There was like the original, you know, host that Unless, brought us there. I, yeah, because I mean, I don't know. I've never read the book, so I'm not sure if they ever say that. What the um, what the Norwegians, what they dug yeah. up is the true form of the thing. Or I don't know if, if they it's say just that, like, like another like, alien form. Yeah, I see. Yeah, what you're if it's you know, I'm not too sure. Is it like a thing like it, where? You know, they never really, you can't really fathom the true form of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, what is the real thing's form? Is it really just this bacterial or this viral entity that has no, you know, form that you could see with your human eye? Yeah, dude, that's fucking, that's terrifying. And and I have a very hot take (laughs) about this. In, in, In the right hands, 
and the right company and the right director and the right team that a sequel to this, whatever it may be with an old, like just say he lives like whatever, yeah, like we yeah. I, I, sign me up in the right hands in the right hands with the right screenplay and everything that this could have good legs on it. Yeah, who this, do you this, trust with that? I can't. Oh, so many, so many. There's nobody from a 24, Anthony, get all that. Out oh, of your come head. on. Are you kidding me? <laughs> get out of your head. There's a lot of great directors that work. You ain't with doing, that you ain't doing that. Nah. I, you know who would do this? Well, fucking what's his name? Uh, uh, fucking the Mandy guy. Yeah, he would do it well. The the, the guy that directed Cobra's son. <laughs> no, but no, like I, I mean, I, I, I mean, like about. think about like how many young directors that have the same affiliation, the same motions with this movie that has a studio to back it. Yeah, it, well, there's so many great things. Like, dude, look, 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 look who Carpenter aligns with nowadays. Like, you know, remember like, this movie was a flop when it came out. Yeah, but now it barely made its money back. So it uh, wasn't crazy. like it was this groundbreaking thing at the time where all these people uh, the six same, part miniseries wherever. Netflix sign it up somebody could <laughs> they could cough this out on the weekend especially with social distancing three three cast members on episode do it for real do it for do, real let's, let's do go it. up there no, but I mean, I want, right though like it wasn't until VHS hit that this even yeah. started making some of its money back because the home mm -hmm. video market is what made this movie it successful did. dude if you were going to uh you know the movies what are you gonna see fucking blade runner or are you gonna see this blade well, runner at the time uh, remember how crazy that shit would look oh uh, blade runner is so you know? good well, it's the fucking buried this in the box office it unfortunately well, came out around the same time yeah this ain't your e this ain't et bro well oh, much yeah. different but i mean, yeah, I mean I'm, here to, I'm here to see the alien movie oh yeah okay yeah <laughs> you, just, you got the wrong Side fucking note. one but <laughs> little timmy's not gonna Side be right note. for a long time Deacons, the cinematographer of Blade Runner, got nominated for so many Academy Awards off, got so much work off of Blade Runner, horror movies, all like he also did like Schindler's List. He did so many great legendary movies. Didn't when got nominated for an Oscar for almost every one, did not win one until 2017. It's crazy. That Isn't that nuts? Crazy. He, but he did a legendary movie that like blew out, like that did such huge box office numbers. Speaking of legendary movies. Uh oh. The soundtrack to this, wonderful. Now, a lot of people don't really like it for whatever reason. I don't know. I've heard people talk shit about this. I've read Why? people say, like, from original reviews that it wasn't really that great. I think it's awesome. I do. Now, uh, this was done by Ennio Morricone, and he was actually pretty well known by this time. If you've ever seen the movie A Fistful of Dollars or uh, For a Few Dollars More, he did the soundtracks to those movies. Mm. He did the soundtrack to Autopsy. That's a prism release, I think. I think yep. I have a trailer tape that's that and torso. So if you want to know what kind of movie that is. But he did a Orca, fucking the killer whale movie. Yeah. Did so the soundtrack bad, to that. <laughs> uh Bloodlink. And then he did if, have you ever seen Cinema Paradiso? We watched that in Italian class in high school. Oh man, now, no. That's a pretty it's a pretty famous movie. Like it's a serious movie. It ain't a fucking joke. No, it sounds well, like it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh well I guess I guess it is. Uh, you know what? I don't really remember it that well. But it was it's not like a fucking it's not the thing. And it ain't yeah. fucking, you know, a fistful of dollars. So like he had a legitimate resume. Yeah, it was good. And he did this, and this thing is so good that fucking uh the hateful eight yeah they used un uh, unused pieces of music from this movie yeah in oh that really score. yeah yeah 
uh, no Tarantino shit. was such a fan of this movie. That's actually his take, uh, like his homage to this movie. Think yeah. about it. It's like oh, the same cool. premise. It, well, it's that, a sim- not well. There's no alien, but, but it's, right, it's yeah. pin- pinning each other. Dude, I will. I strongly recommend people who slept on that movie to watch it. Watch it now that now. I said that. It's, it's like an free homage on a, to this. Netflix yeah, has an extended to. version on too. Because I love yeah. Django, so if it's anything that's uh, like a complete mix of these two things, I'll yeah, probably Kurt love Russell. It. Kurt Russell's in it. Yeah. He's great, old Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, there is like a Western aspect to that music though, which really fits in with yeah the Hateful Eight. Yeah. Well, which, yeah. Well, he's he's really known for like his Western soundtracks. Yeah, no, that, that's that I will as much as Tarantino the past few years has gotten a lot of like flat, like a lot of yeah. like bad press. Yeah. His movie, he, he, if as, as big as he is to us because we grew up with him, his love for cinema is like likes, second to yeah, none. He likes a lot he of movies like that old we like. Western and like loves, he talks about the thing so much in the promotion you know, for that movie. It's insane how much he ta- compares it to the thing. You know, it's funny. There's like a lot of those Italian uh, composers from the 70s, they all obviously did a lot of spaghetti Western stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I feel like even their horror themes, you could just, it's like you could taste like the westerns in it just a little just bit of spaghetti the, yeah just just a little bit of the sauce uh like just the the choice of instruments that they use but this works like that. so well in this movie like the fact that it has that little bit of a western touch yeah. like it's it, it kind of plays on what's going on where you have all these like rugged dudes who are like very like you know your manly, typical hard manly man you know working yeah. you know and they're in this desolate what almost could be considered a desert in a in a sense, but it's like this Harsh Arctic desert, you know, and yeah. it it fits it so Frozen well. Tundra. Well, aside, well that 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 score, the, the hateful uh-huh. eight was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Well, there you go. I don't. Did it might have won. There you go. I think it might have won. There you go. But yeah, this score it's basically an homage to John Carpenter, also. Yeah. You know, he kind of replicated that John Carpenter sound. If you listen to like one of the later tracks, Humanity Part Two, it goes from like that original type theme into a more synth, you know, John Carpenter type thing, and it's fucking awesome. Uh, I I really say check it out. You can actually find it on iTunes. It's on there. I'm sure it's on Spotify and everything. Yeah. But check out the soundtrack to this. Listen to it. It's it's really interesting. It's really good. It's it's funny. I, we talked about how great this movie is and how. We all could agree this is probably Carp. Like, do we agree that this is his best film? It's one of his best movies. I, so we'll yeah, put it I think that it's definitely his best film. So I agree that this is probably his best film. But no matter what, my favorite Carpenter film, no matter what, I don't know what it is. Starman. It, no, it's not. I, I I do that as a gimmick. I'm not saying it's a bad <laughs> not movie. Not real. It's not. I'm not saying it's a, a bad sh- movie. There's a shoot a penny right now. <laughs> what? what? Anthony's shooting right now. Shooting. <laughs> I it, I think it's majority of it is the score, but I think my favorite Carpenter movie of all time is Escape from New York. I no love ma- movie, no matter what, because you're from here, dude. That's dude why. But no, it, dude, the, dude, it's bow, come on. Bow, every, whoever's bow, seen Escape, bow, who's ever bow, seen Escape from bow, New York, bow, knows it's the most bow. un-New York movie ever made. Yes, it's yeah. the most un-New York <laughs> movie ever made. Over Escape from New York, I dude, dude, every every like we could put on the title theme. Like the intro, uh, intro of that movie, and you could watch the goosebumps on my arm. Come up. <laughs> and like, if you want to really see me, like, like <laughs> go crazy, the the unreleased version with that original intro of the scene they cut out, remastered, is literally one of the best openers of a movie that ne- no one has seen. It's insane. 
I agree. We talked about it before. Watch that opening of that movie online. It's mind-blowing how good it is. I, I can't make my decision on my favorite. I, I can. I, I can say, though, Assault on Precinct 13, this, the thing, obviously, uh, Escape from New York, and Prince of Darkness. Love those movies. Oh, Prince of Darkness is so awesome, dude. When they do that fan. fucking, like, I like it. I just like these ones more. Those are better watch for you. These. I got it. Yeah. Uh, Prince of Darkness, highly recommended. Listen to the Laser Graves episode on it. The fucking, like, future broadcast that they get in their dream. Awesome idea. Awesome premise for, like, you're not going to time travel, but we can send a message back to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, you can actually just YouTube that scene, and it's fucking awesome. See the Antichrist coming out of the building. It's fucking <laughs> So awesome. So fucking awesome. Now, we spoke about people being infected in this movie, and there's like an assimilation, I guess you could say. I, I think that would be more of an accurate description, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of questions about who is, when, you know, when they were turned into the thing. And I think it's pretty cool how... Even to this day, there's, uh, you know, I guess a back and forth about is Keith David infected or not? At the end. Right? Yeah. Now, what do you guys think? What's your take on this? Yes. What? He's infected. The, and this I is agree, a, too. The, and another Blade Runner tie-in. Anthony? At the end of Blade Runner, it's assumed that Harrison Ford is a replicant. Uh-huh. Or we don't know. It's a it's a even in the sequel, you still really don't know. <laughs> that's why the sequel is so great. No, but no, I agree that that's enough. But no, I don't I actually I don't think he's infected. You, you think don't. he's actually still alive? I I do. Now here's something because I want a sequel. Yeah. But I want A twenty four to do a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I want, I want Aronofsky now, to do a sequel. <laughs> now, Come on, that's a good, that's a good choice. Uh, no, please, Come no thanks. No, no, I'm not giving it to you. <laughs> now, with all the other people in the movie, it's pretty obvious, or at least it's pretty believable to figure out when they were infected. Right now, Childs, it's a little, a little harder to discern. Now, he went out to look for Blair at one point, right? And I, I think that's pretty much where everybody thinks that he was now, you know, assimilated. And Anthony's saying that he wasn't. Now, here's the thing. Even John Carpenter said it was backlit heavily at the end. And you see Kurt Russell having these huge breaths. And now Keith David, you don't really see it. Yeah, zero right? breath. He's also wearing a different jacket, which, as you learn in this movie, if you get turned into the thing, your clothes are shredded. It has to change clothes. Yeah. Now, oh, that's a good point. Okay. Here's another thing that I I read while doing research on this, and I never really thought of it. McCready offers Childs the drink, right? And when Childs drinks it, McCready like laughs, right? He like gives himself like a chuckle. Now, here's the thing: is that actually alcohol in that bottle or was there gasoline in that from the molotov cocktails because remember they're filling all those bottles oh, that's up that's true and then okay he's infected okay he's infected so him <laughs> handing so that the assumption is he's about to blow his ass up well no the assumption is is that he's trying to see if childs is infected or not 
and he handed him a bottle of gasoline and he drank and he it. drinks it like it's nothing. And first of all, that means he doesn't care about being infected anymore. Cause remember they're talking about preparing their own food. Yeah. Don't share stuff. But he just takes this thing and drinks it. And then McCready like kind of laughs. Meanwhile, this whole time you see them using these J and B bottles as Very like Molotov subtle. cocktails. Very I'm subtle. saying, yeah, you have to watch hateful eight. Now just, just, this com- this is a big what we're talking about is a big plot point in Hateful Eight. Hey. You gotta you gotta watch Hateful Eight. We'll have to we'll have to check it out. Now, one that I think is pretty interesting is when um Vance Norris, who's like the geologist, he's got the blue um sweater on, when he gets turned, it's very uh I guess shady. You see the original infected thing dog go into a room and you see a shadow and the shadow actually matches Vance but I think originally it was supposed to be Palmer who's like the pothead yeah you know what I mean I like him yeah <laughs> yeah of course and uh I guess he you know you don't know when the hell he got turned but he definitely did cause that's uh he he gets uh the blood treatment right that's when he finally shows his true form on like that couch. One of the best fucking scenes in a, in a movie period of all time. Dude, it's fucking crazy. I also like the fact that Clark was never turned, that he was just killed out of paranoia. Oh, yeah. That's like, that's, that's really fucking There's awesome. so much also, about that scene that makes that the perfect movie scene, in my opinion. The other awesome, I guess, death because, you know, they don't really turn, is when Copper gets killed doing the autopsy. Oh, that is, it's yeah. so iconic. Yeah. The jaws and of death. seems so great. What, we just the, the, the hands. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Now, when Blair gets infected, here's something I didn't pick up, but I read it, and then I watched it, and then it made sense. When does Blair, Wilfred Brimley, get infected? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know it's it's obviously. Is it before he's locked up? Yep. Yeah, I couldn't pinpoint it. When they first find like when they like they have that first fucking mutated like corpse that they're looking at. Yeah. He touches it with an instrument, and then you see him put it towards his mouth. Oh, like he like. God. <laughs> How cool is that? That's, That's fucking disgusting to think about. Subtle. Subtle. I Now, I wonder if that was done on purpose or it just lines up. Now, yeah, he also how, goes... How, it's just such a weird fucking, like, juxtaposition of the world that we're living in right now. That this, yeah. This so similar, right? It's, it's fucking yeah. crazy. It's bugging me I out. I killed my wife before <laughs> I came back in. <laughs> and I, I really like the fact also that, like, Blair kind of goes crazy. And starts destroying everything, right? Yeah. Oh, I All love like that. All like the yeah. fucking computers, the radios and everything. Oh, now, I, is that... <laughs> I love that shit. Now, is that because he's infected already? Or is that because he he knows that this thing can't get out? That it has to stay here? Oh, man. See, I don't... Because I think... why wouldn't this organism want to escape? You know, why would it destroy its means to like... Oh, spread? shit. Yeah, I... So, I... <laughs> See, I almost took it as it was just him being bitter against everybody. So, like, he was pissed off and just, like, destroying shit. Now, think about it like he knew 
how serious it was and that nobody could leave this place or this thing. Because remember, he found out it would populate the world. It would yeah, yeah, he's, everything. he's the smart one about everything. So, yeah, it could definitely be him making the attempt to, to sabotage everything so that it has no place to go but just to kill everybody there. Fucking crazy. This movie's awesome. So mm. many little theories, so many little things, and a lot of it hasn't been explained because there's never been a sequel. The yeah. prequel was, I guess, explained Garbage. a little bit, but yeah, it's not really that great. That's I, why we need a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening, man. I wish they and would. The right hands. If it was done in the 80s, it probably could have been done, but I think it's too late now. Oh, like we need we need an old Kurt Russell. I would I would fucking love that. They call him back to take care of it again. Hey, yeah. They'll just do what they did in the last Blade Runner movie. It's just like they'll be in the middle of it, there's a fight, and then out of nowhere, this comes out. <laughs> I've dealt with this yeah. shit before. <laughs> wearing yeah. this wearing the same jacket. Stupid and it would get the same jacket he wore in the movie, <laughs> and I will I'll give all my money. Give what, me <laughs> What do you think is the best form of the thing in this movie? Oh, I. You got the dog monster. You well, got like the Vance, like fucking head. The best or your spider. favorite? Like your, like, what do you think is like the coolest one? I, I did the autopsy. The one, the one with like yeah. the jaws out of the chest yeah, and then, and the, then head, the head yeah, comes yeah, off dude. into a spider. Yeah. What about you, Grizz? What do you think? Yeah. The head spider is pretty cool, but I, I'm pretty partial to the, to the dog thing. Just because it totally traumatized me as a kid. Yeah, I hate dogs Fucked getting up. murdered. Fucked up. And it, it it's if if a film can have that kind of lasting effect on me, then it's it's gold. And that shit I was something that I have never forgotten. I like the giant monster like at the end. Like when you it kinda like turns oh, big into boss? this like yeah, into like the final boss. The final the big boss. I, I like how that looks. I'm just a, a big fan of of like monster suits and like 80s yeah. monsters and i think that stuff's cool i i you you could you could like really make a movie like and by make a movie i mean like make it awesome by having a, a really effective and good looking monster and i feel like they did it throughout this whole fucking movie yeah and the fucking guy that did it was like 22 years old doing it insane yeah, yeah. i mean even look at uh movies like evil spawn where it's like uh, or excuse monster me, uh, makes the movie. Or no, Deadly Spawn. Spawn. I'm thinking of um, the Return Deadly of Spawn. Alien Deadly Spawn. Yeah, I mean, there's a movie that with with zero budget, but with a great costume and a guy in a suit with the right lighting can just look absolutely fucking and a awesome. Good score, baby. Yeah. What is it? We I think we talked about it before. Like I, I don't know how much the budget was, but uh, American Werewolf in London, like those transformation scenes. Are awesome, but think about some of those scenes in that movie where it was just like shadows. The, the the scene where they're in the subway and the guy is like backing up, all you see is like a hairy paw. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like fucking terrifying. Subtle yeah. but great. The good lighting, subtle. Every it just it's and it's all score or the lack of score. Yeah, yeah. scoreless. Yeah. <laughs> well, certain things like those little reveals really are effective in the movie. Even I feel like an effective part of this movie is when they show the giant spaceship. <laughs> And you see, oh, like, yeah. this is not some science project gone wrong or what. Like, this is this is a fucking alien. Those are all like hand-painted fucking... Oh, it's uh, a matte painting. Hell yeah, dude. Dude, those are... Even the one of the Earth, everything, is, it's it's stunning. The dude that yeah. painted those is a fucking madman. He is amazing. 
What I like is that whole scene of them like holding their arms out and they're like are trying to get like the the size of it and how big it is. Yeah. Like imagine finding something like that. Like you would you would just be like your mind would be blown. And the thing that I, I think, think people would also you. have their mind blown about is that you would looking at that, you know, obviously it, it, it it's a it's a map painting and stuff like that, but it looks like it's shot in fucking Alaska or Antarctica and it's yeah. just all these giant white sheets spread out in a universal lot on a fucking hill that they <laughs> shot that great. stuff on and it looks were amazing. They, were they using the potato flakes? Yeah, the potato right? flakes. <laughs> it's the yeah, best snow, yeah. dude. You know this Home Alone story with the potato flakes, right? What? Where it was where they didn't have enough snow and like they kept the block kept on sticking up. Because oh, because they were using it on like and then the that away till it snowed for like the final scene, and it did. And by the way, I think I said it before on the podcast that that by the way, the whole McAllister house, it's just the exterior. Inside is at a gymnasium at the school where they shot Ferris Bueller. Wow. Uh, and Breakfast Club. Same thing uh, with no Evil shit. Dead Two, right? Didn't they film Evil Dead Two in a gymnasium? No shit, I didn't know that. I'm I'm fairly certain they yeah, did. You got to watch. There's a great Home Alone documentary on Netflix. You got to watch it. But uh, all the special effects in this movie are fantastic. Fantastic. All the forms of the thing are awesome. The dog, the fucking, what do they call it? The like thing flower or whatever. That's all the dog's teeth and tongues and shit. Um, Apparently, like the the juice that they shoot at the dog was some sort of like sweet stuff. Oh. They just shoot it at the dogs. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what the one thing this movie needs is just one scene of Kurt Russell in Hawaii and just. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> you know what? All I gotta say is thank God this wasn't made in Italy. Oh my God! I would. I don't want to know what they would have did to those. <laughs> oh Marinara. I can make the joke. I can make the joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're all right. We're all right. I think that Call this these movie is uh, is really just like uh, the muscle flex of what uh, practical effects can be. Yes. In this time period, I, yeah. I, these guys really just put on uh, a demonstration of what can be done with with the right material. This is yeah. beautiful. This ain't Tom Savini doing a shotgun blast. This is no. next level shit. Yeah. This is yeah. like real artwork here. You know, people will c- criticize, oh, you can see it's a puppet and all this bullshit. It's like, motherfucker. This is stuff that if you were alive in 1982 when you were in a theater, you'd have been shitting your britches because you ain't seen shit like this before. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know what? Just cut the frame rate a little bit and, and it'll look fucking real as fuck to them. When you're watching oh, yeah. it at, you know, 60 frames per second, HD and all that, of course, is, you could, you could, these movies were not meant to be watched like that. For I sure. Like, and, yeah. and very few were made well enough with the effects and everything where you don't see anything. And you know what? This movie. I don't notice many mistakes. Actually, well, I don't notice any mistakes. Agreed. You know what is I mean? Is this an I, original re- tape? This is the second MCA tape. You now get, you get a lot of the. Um, it's 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 from it, you. It's it's from a theater scan. Because if you look in the sometimes in the corner, you get the, the cigarette burns. Not the cigarette burns. You get the um, projector signal. Oh. It's a, if you look, it, it it's a, a thing that tells uh, some. You'll see it on some VHSs or scans. That um, when they get to ter- real change, real change, yeah, projector change, yeah. yeah. This was released by MCA Home Video. Now, yeah. there's the original that I think. What do they call that? The rainbow. Yeah. Right. It has the rainbow, little MCA rainbow logo. 
Yep, that's the original release of the thing. Now, I have the uh, green logo MCA version. So it's... Is yours the stereo? Yeah. So even before oh, yours, there's one. another one that, that is stereo. There's like the MCA rainbow and there's like an MCA rainbow that's stereo. Oh, I thought both of those were... Uh... I'm pretty sure they're two separate. If, I might be mistaken on that, but I'm almost positive there's two separate ones. Either way. These are all MCA, early MCA oh, releases. Yeah. Uh, they're pretty cool. They're not that expensive. You can get one pretty cheap. You'll probably find it if you go out thrifting. There were a lot of them made. So you know, get out there if you can. You know, don't be an idiot. So, you know, this movie does all the right things in all the right places. Right. They says all the right things. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to go to the chase scale? What let's do you think? Do I don't want to ruin yeah. everything for everybody. Let's do let's, it. Let's 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 go to the chase scale. The cinematic hell appreciation scale of excellence. All right, Anthony, why don't you uh, give us your final thoughts and give us a rating? Okay, so I, I do do um, ice skating rules, so I, I, I can't hit a five, so I give this movie a 4.9. I think this movie is fantastic. It has inspired a lot of filmmakers, and I think this is one of, I think this is Carpenter's best movie. Still not like my favorite Carpenter movie, as I just said, Escape from New York is, but it is fantastic. This movie's always fun to watch, and I'm happy we did it. Chris? This movie is definitely uh, one of a kind. Uh, my my favorite scene from this movie has to be the uh, the blood test scene. It just builds up so much. Uh, just there's just so much anticipation. There's so much uh, drama in that scene that just is. It's so awesome to watch. Seeing somebody get lit on fire with a, a fucking flamethrower is one of my my dreams. So. I <laughs> just yeah. getting to see that and it was always great to see that in movies. Uh I definitely this is a 5 out of 5 movie. I understand the ice skating thing but yeah. This is f- fucking time That's your scale. That's fair. This is That's fair. No no movie will ever get if if it makes it I will never give movie a 5 because that means nothing can beat it. That's what I said. In my opinion, in this genre and in the sci-fi horror world nothing beats the thing. This yeah. is a 5. Yeah. I agree. I would say this is a five out of five, man. Yeah. This movie is is fucking awesome. You're not really gonna uh, get many people, I think, that don't say this movie's awesome. And yeah, if you, if you do say that, you're just an edge lord, I guess. Right? <laughs> oh boy. Oh, the thing, yeah, yeah real Vista, cool movie. <laughs> I watch Vista Street releases because you know. Damn. Fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> No, this movie's awesome. Definitely check it out. Five out of five. Five out. Uh, one of my favorite scenes that we didn't talk about when uh, I don't know who it is asks uh, now Nals no. to turn down the radio when he's yeah. like dancing the superstition and he turns it up instead. Yeah, it's good. No, no, no. He puts his, <laughs> he puts his finger on it or whatever and just like acts and it goes and just moves his hand away. Awesome. Great. Yeah, movie. definitely check this movie out. It's it's a hundred percent worth. Uh, I guess renting, especially if it's snowing out or whatever. Perfect yeah, time. The, the weather we had today was perfect. Yeah, this movie's fucking awesome. Check it out. All right, let's head over to the video drop box.
Okay. Uh, I'm actually pretty shocked that we're doing this, but we've got enough people asking us to do it. So we're, we're going to do something that I probably, I, I, I like the movie. I'm going to say that now. <laughs> I like the movie. <laughs> the it's masses not really have some, spoken. They want to yeah, hear the it. Have, the masses have spoken. Yeah. We will be watching the 1984 Christmas horror classic Gremlins. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so That's right, folks. Here on the Bad Taste Video Podcast. Now, here's the thing. Here's, the good taste here's, here's something I'm going to fucking promise you guys. All right, I'm gonna make you guys look at Gremlins in a completely different way. Okay. I love that. All right, I love. Well, if you're this, saying Gremlins uh, too, I would, I would agree. We're gonna, we're gonna watch Gremlins, right? I'm gonna fucking make this the darkest fucking movie possible. Okay. And then you watch it again after listening, and I bet you, I'll, I'll make you like, you know, say, "Wow, this I'm guy's fucked this. up. <laughs> this I'm guy needs it. help." <laughs> okay. But yeah, let's hit the trailer. What is it? It's your new pet. Number one, you gotta keep him out of bright light. Number two, keep him away from water. This is incredible. And probably the most important thing, don't ever feed him after midnight. Billy, what are these things? Gremlins. How come a cute little guy like this can turn into a thousand ugly monsters? <laughs> that was Mrs. Deagle. I'll bet every kid in America would like to have one. They might even replace the dog as the family pet. Yeah, so this is one of Joe Dante's most famous films, right? Very accomplished director. Uh, it's done fucking tons of movies that you've fucking heard of, that you've seen. We'll get into that next week. I'm the a big burbs. fan of the Burbs. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. The Burbs, baby. Yeah, yeah, Corey. Uh... Twilight Zone, the movie, he had a segment in that. Uh, yeah, well. R.I.P. Fucking. <laughs> yeah. that, that's rough, Vic man. Morrow, man. He's awesome. He's in fucking yeah. uh, Bronx Warriors. He plays the hammer. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I'm pretty excited to try to, like, look at this in a different way than most people will probably look at it. Yeah. I don't want to look at it as a Christmas movie. I want to look at this as a horror film. That's the way, okay? the, that's the way we got to look at it, baby. Howie Mandel. Yeah. Scary as fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. I I'm actually pretty. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, this it's, is, a, it's I need a good to, movie. It's been a rough couple of weeks. I think it's time to get in the Christmas spirit, right? It's going to be yeah. December. I think this is know. my one year anniversary show as well. It is. I think this would be is the it? first uh, December. Was the first week in December that I started here last year. We're gonna have to celebrate. All, all right. right. Give me an ice cream cake. Ooh. I will send it to you in the mail and see. I'll eat it in front of you guys. Do you have Uber? Is there is there Uber Eats by you? We'll send you some Uber Eats to you. Okay, so I think that about uh, I think that wraps it up for this week, right? Is that everything? 
Anthony, where could they find you on the internet? Abe Bassini on Instagram. And where could they find you? Grizz. Kane underscore enabler on Instagram. And you can find me at Bad Taste Video. You can also find everything we do at www.badtastevideo.com. Uh, pretty much everything that we have social media wise or website wise or whatever is linked there. Also, wherever you're listening to us, please rate us five stars. Leave us a good review. We love to hear from you. Also, you know, message us. Let us know. Comments, questions, concerns, anything you want to recommend. Uh, we have a Patreon. If you want to help us pay for our hosting, please. And like we keep saying, uh, we will add more stuff there. Hope you like wrestling because we are on top of that. Okay. I think that is it. We will be back next week with Gremlins. I don't think I ever thought I would say that, but. <laughs> See ya. Bye bye.